Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. The whole country loves Brandon. Have you guys heard the news? Everyone's a Brandon fan now. A couple months ago, people didn't even know what Brandon was. People weren't talking about Brandon. But then after he cured the coronavirus, he single-handedly flew himself to the moon. Everyone's screaming for this Brandon guy. Nope, that's not really what happened. But you know what is happening? We're going full-scale socialism. What am I talking about here? I'm talking about a universe of full-tech censorship where it's over. You think, even I, I think I'm going on the internet. I think I'm seeing the World Wide Web. I think I'm seeing information from everywhere. But it's over. There's not information from everywhere. You want to go watch the Fauci documentary, and you want to say, hey, I don't think this vampire should be getting good reviews. Unless you're going to do the real documentary about this guy and the time he spends hanging out with Nancy Pelosi, sucking off Baby bloods, I mean, not in a sexual way. It's not like they're not sucking off babies, but they suck out the blood. They get all the blood deep in their veins so that they're youthful and that they can still get on the news and proliferate fake viruses amongst the entire country. Oh, man, I'm worked up. I spent too much time on a plane ride. So I don't know if you guys saw that, but right off the bat, the ratios on the Fauci documentary, I mean, everyone's giving this a downvote. The whole world, they're telling us that everyone loves Fauci. Everyone believes in this virus, and apparently everyone got themselves vaccinated. But then uh, you put the, the thing up on YouTube. You let people press the down button. Everyone's pressing it. And you would think the government's got bots. You would think the CIA would be all over that. The same way Russia was uh, propping up Trump during the whole last election, you would think the uh, little CIA bots would be there. Holy shit, Fauci's a sexy man for a 82-year-old uh, uh, vampire. And then other people would be like, I, uh, if only everyone was as smart and as good-hearted as Batboy himself. You would think it would be nothing but positive reviews, but apparently they're not that good at, uh, at doing the internet. They're good at uh, you know working together with Disney. They're good enough at putting together the propaganda films, but they're not good enough at pretending like everybody likes the piece of shit. And then uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's uh, it's got a great review from the critics. The critics love the man who created a virus and got us all to take vaccines, who went to China himself and purchased the research, had it made, shipped it over here. And uh, anyways, so that got downvoted. What are some other crazy things going uh, going on? So yeah. Uh, Biden, he's rolling into towns. Everyone's saying, fuck Joe Biden. Of course, the news is going, look at this turnout. Look how how animated people are because the president's rolling into town. In the meantime, Trump's filling up fucking stadiums, doing a whole 90 minutes because they took away Twitter from him. So he can just get up. I should have won that election. Okay. I didn't even watch the press conference. I can just tell you what he did. Me and the My Pillow guy, we're figuring out how, because I want it. Don't let Sleepy Joe tell you he he won. He's not doing anything, okay? You put me back in there, I'll get back to making the country greater. Even greater, I will make the country so great. If you if they had left me in, I would have made it so good. I haven't heard him in a while. Is my Trump impression even good anymore? Can someone bring him back? It Like, Trump might have been bad. He might have been spending all the money, but at least he wasn't, uh, at least he was on the side of, uh, you know, not being censored on the internet. All right, here's some other uh, crazy shenanigans that have gone over, gone down maybe the last week. I saw Rand Paul, and he's talking about how doctors, they're not allowed to make their own decisions anymore. They can't tell you, hey, I think you're sick, and uh, maybe you should be taking. He wasn't even talking about the ivory. He was just talking about monocle antibodies. They can't stock them. They don't want people having them. They don't want people knowing they exist. I don't know why. Here's another crazy one that happened this week. Robert Malone, apparently, I have no, I know nothing about this. Everything's like half research, which is why I'm going to yell more so that I sound like I'm more qualified to talk about the things because uh, I'm working my ass off on the end of year thing. I've been traveling, but let's get back into it. I was, I was passionate 10 seconds ago. Here's the passion. I'm bringing the passion back to this podcast. 
Robert Malone was unable to read the New England Journal of Medicine, the New England Medical Journal. Uh, they cut off his uh, his IP address. They didn't like him criticizing it, that they, and so they just they shut him down. They'll remove your access from the Internet these days. And they don't even want you reading information. They just won't let you see it. And if you don't think we're at full-scale socialism yet, just wait till they got rain machines and more weathermen screaming about how it's raining because of global warming. Uh, this is, uh, all right, so let's talk about Lockhart. Uh, I was in Lockhart, Texas. I did a gig with uh, Kyle Ruff once again. Also was hanging out with Adam Nutter. I like Lockhart. You know, I, as I've been doing more traveling, I've been kind of feeling like I don't need to see the cities uh, because most times when I come to new cities, it's just strip malls. You can literally put yourself on any block in America and it looks exactly the same. But I like it when, uh, you know, you can show up to a town. They still got the rusted steel mill. They got the old churches. What can I say? I'm a sucker for some good old school American architecture. When you can go, this is the shitty country I wanted to see. A local town full of stores I have no interest in shopping in. Places that actually have benches outside. I love sitting on a bench right outside of a, a restaurant. I went to Lockhart Black's Barbecue was the recommendation I got from a fan off the bat. Apparently, the other two comics I was traveling with, they got the same recommendation. We got off the plane. We went right into that place, and it had a cool look to it. I'm waiting on the lines. I made a strategic error on my first order, which is I just ordered some brisket. Honestly, it came out too fatty. It wasn't good. Everyone was having a good old time, so I didn't want to shit about shit on the fact that I was eating a uh, bad barbecue. And let me tell you, earlier in the week, I even I I'd set high barbecue standards. I was at this place called uh, Izzy's, which is on the Upper West Side, kosher establishment. I went there because I heard that they weren't checking vaccines, and I was gonna have a little bit of dinner with. Uh, Old Dr. Krim. He's not old. I, I meant old Dr. Krim because he's been on a couple episodes, and you guys should be familiar with the name. A handsome feller, a noble doctor, trying to treat people out there and uh, willing to have conversations about, you know, well, I don't want to get the fellow in, in trouble, but he's uh, he's an honest man, has excellent insights, and we set a high barbecue standard. We were eating at Izzy's, and we got brisket sandwiches that came with an excellent cabbage on top. I feel like, you know, even the, the best barbecue establishments, not all of them are leveraging cabbage well enough to put together a good sandwich because uh, cabbage and brisket, and I'm talking like good barbecue brisket, it's a power combo. So anyways, that was the that was the standard that we had set earlier in the week was I had a delicious brisket sandwich made from Jews in New York. Not people you would think were uh, were putting up good brisket sandwiches, but that was a solid sandwich. So I had a high standard going into Texas. I was expecting some world-class barbecue, and uh, we we got ourselves a feast. Barbecue's fun. I overspend on barbecue. Like I would, I, I've had this conversation before that I'm cheap for steak places or going out for meals. But there's just something fun about barbecue that I will open up my little Jew wallet. So we put out a feast in front of us. It's myself, Kyle, his girlfriend, Adam Nutter. Everyone's hungry and off of planes. We get our big platters. They're carving up the stuff. And uh, I, 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 I got to give blacks on the first go around. Not a positive review. Fun, but I just kind of picked up my food. I didn't really, the brisket was just like too fatty. I felt like I was like eating human flesh that someone jizzed on or something. I don't know. It just wasn't, it wasn't clicking. It's not that it was bad. It was just too fatty. And then I got pecan pie, but they were, they went cheap on the pecans. The whole point of pecan pie is you got to have like that dry nuttiness up against the gel. You don't just want gel. I don't even know what that gel is. Like that gel, like can you imagine just buying pecan pie gel? 
It would be disgusting. Like, you got to you gotta eat the pecans and pretend that there's some weird gel underneath it that's pure sugar that balances out the pecans, and, and I'm being healthy because I'm eating nuts against a good pie crust. The pie crust itself was good. Anyways, Black's got itself sandwich redemption because before the show, uh, Scott Horton showed up, and I'm shooting the shits with, uh, with uh, Scott Horton, and he's telling me that he needs himself a sandwich. And I'm like, I will get you that sandwich. Scott Horton can't be going in hungry to my comedy show. That's not going to happen. We will get Scott Horton fed. And so I do a quick Google search. I'm trying to find the closest barbecue spot because the show is supposed to start in five minutes. But I've committed to this journey of finding Scott Horton a sandwich. We go to the first place. Scott Horton was feeling brisket in his heart. I messed up. This place listed itself as barbecue. It didn't have any brisket. It only had, like, fried little chicken sandwiches. Scott's like, I want to get to the show. I was like, no, you had brisket in your hearts. We're going to see this through to the end. Goes on to the Googles. We see that Black's is just down the street. He goes, Black's, that's the best barbecue I've ever had in my whole life. I haven't been there in years. We're going there. I'm like, I'm not sure I got time. Scott goes, you got the time, and I know everything about everything. I'm in touch with the universe. So if I'm telling you, you got enough time to go eat a brisket sandwich with me, you got enough time to go eat brisket sandwiches, I go, I'm in, Scott Horton. So then we go there, and then I notice that they got lean brisket on the menu, and I'm like, damn it, I fucked up earlier. So I got myself a lean brisket sandwich, uh, and it, uh, you know, it came on the roll. It came with, uh, I threw some, uh, some hot sauce on there, some barbecue sauce, and let me tell you, that was brisket sandwich redemption. Then I sat down with Scott Horton, and uh, I never don't want to do, doing stand-up is, is my favorite thing in the whole world. If anything, I've had to figure out how to, uh, you know, be even-keeled and normal without doing it nightly, which is, uh, you know, still a, a venture, and I'm competitive, so I also want to get up every night so that I have perfect jokes, which I don't really at the moment. But then let, let's not go into negative. I'm trying to talk about sandwiches and my experience with Scott Horton. So I sit down with Scott. I've never really hung out. Like, I've, I've met Scott two or three times. He's been cool every single time. I've never really had a chance to, like, really hang out with him. But we're sitting down. We're bonding over brisket, and I start asking him, my Afghanistan questions. I start talking to him about uh, crazy writers that I read, about like things that I've read about the heroin. He just has perfect answers for everything. The second he says it, you go make that makes perfect sense. And then I was like, fuck, I got to do comedy. My whole life, I've never said the words in my head of, fuck, I got to do comedy. And so uh, hopefully I can hang out with Scott again because uh, that was an absolute thrill. Uh, and I got to meet some other really cool people down there. Thaddeus Russell, I've now heard him uh, speak twice, both times. Absolutely was brilliant. This time I heard him uh, interviewing Scott Horton. Uh, and uh, he was kind of pressing Scott Horton on people's motives. And he was doing a great job of slightly playing. Uh, it's always amazing, I just want to say. And I know you guys are just listening and enjoying listening. But when you can find a completely empty parking lot, and then one guy will pull up right into the spot next to you and just ruin your flow. And just and then just and, and do it real slow and then just kind of stare at you like you're the asshole for podcasting your car. There was a whole lot. This guy, he could have parked in any one of these spots. But then, no, he's got to pull up right next to me and make me feel like the asshole for not having. OK, what was I trying to talk about? Something to do with uh, with uh, Scott Horton, uh, Thaddeus Russell, Buck Rebel. Uh, and uh, his actual name is Johnson, but at least I didn't mess it up and call him Buzz again, because that wasn't cool. Uh, all right, what the fuck was I trying to talk about? I don't know, something to do with the, uh, with the comedy show. Ashton Birdie said, hi. Oh, here, I put this in my notes. If you text me, can you just fucking announce yourself? It's bad etiquette. How are people still doing this? Like, if you, if you have not texted me in the last three months, be like, hey, this is blank, you know me from blank, and then whatever. 
Like, I, I almost need to do, like, Mad Libs for people on how to, uh, on social engagements. You know what? You guys can hit me up, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Tell me your social gripes, uh, or tell me, uh, like, uh, the thing, the situations you're in, and you're not sure what the etiquette is, and then since I'm a completely autistic human being, and I don't actually, un- I don't actually know human behavior, but I can study it, I will give you the tips. So here's the cookie cutter template for if you're texting somebody, even if you think your number's definitely in their phone. You just go, hey, what's up? Whatever their name is, this is blank. You know me from blank. I'm texting you because blank. And then they got all the information right in front of them. And then they can just, uh, you know, they can actually uh, address and know who the fuck you're talking about instead of having a panic attack for three days because who the hell wants to have to text back, hey, I'm sorry, I don't know who this is. Or who wants to then start trying to Google the numbers and then work it back. And then you're like, maybe I owe this person money. Maybe this person's got money for me. Maybe this woman's got a vagina and she wants me to look at her vagina. I don't know why this person's texting me. There's too many things there. So just put your fucking name in the text. Okay, that's enough of that. Hey, guys, like I said, I'm working on uh, my new end-of-year project. And uh, here are some cities. I already got Chicago on the books. We got Albany. We've got New Hampshire, Philly, Maryland, and Mexico. I am running this thing. I'm, I'm waking up every morning, 7 a.m., trying to write it. I got uh, Ludwig von Mises pieces. He's working on the artwork, and he does a great job of getting me some funny stuff. So uh, if you're in any of those cities, show the hell up. I've got two Saturdays available. Uh, so if you've got a town that I didn't mention on my list, you got a venue that you think would have me, and you got some uh, local libertarians that you think we can draw like 40 people and put on a show, I am down for it. I already have ticket links up for a couple of these, so that will be in the episode description. Uh, These dates are coming up in November, and then the Mexico gig is with the uh, Peddling Fiction guys. They were putting that together. A whole bunch of other cool comedy podcasters are going to be down there doing their thing. So, uh, robsnewsroom at gmail.com. Hit me up. Come out for some live shows. Uh, Let's boogie. All right, now let's get into the news. First, uh, what do you guys want to do? You, you guys want to talk about the news, or you want to hear about having to uh, to to fly on uh, on Spirit Airlines again? You know, let's uh, maybe we'll come back to Spirit Airlines and shitty hotels, uh, and let's uh, let's just let's get into some news topics, which uh, I'm very well researched this week. Okay. <laughs> First, everything, uh, I love watching congressional hearings now. It is the greatest show on television. Uh, it, it, it actually, I'm starting to get this feeling I'm not ever going to be uh, a politician. I don't ever plan on running for office. But I'm starting to get the feeling when I watch these senators, it's like a hockey team. Like, put me in, coach. Put me in. Let me at him. I want to yell at this guy. I, I would have great questions. I'd love to work on some of these guys on uh, on their interrogations. Maybe it's just me being a real cocky asshole, and I wouldn't be any better at it than these uh, than these lawyers are. Uh, but I do watch them now, and I'm like, oh man, I'd love to have a chance at this person. Uh, one that really caught my eye that was really good, and uh, sometimes when Ted Cruz is on his game, he's great. And it's just WWF at this point. I know the characters. I almost wish that they would do like the uh, the grand walkouts, and we, like we could make it more of a spectacle. Um, because I love it. It's like when you know the characters, you know the matches. They're they're a lot of fun to uh, to watch these things. So Rand Paul, I, I'm sorry, not Rand Paul. Even though he's uh, currently my favorite to watch, Jim Jordan was excellent for a while, but he's kind of I don't know. He's kind of tired out a little bit. In this case, Ted Cruz, he's kind of been on his game, and uh, he was grilling this lady, who I guess is up for some sort of a promotion. Asian lady, 
and she's up for some sort of a promotion. And what is wild about this lady possibly being promoted is that she was the California judge who had ruled against churches uh, that they were not allowed to be open during the pandemic. So the Supreme Court overruled that decision. They said that it was a uh, discriminatory law as malls and other businesses were allowed to be open. So why is it that houses of worship are being closed? So in other words, she was wrong in her judgment. And even though that was a very big case and it certainly restricted a lot of people's freedoms, she's somehow up for a promotion. So go watch that video. It's fun to watch. Rand Paul really lets her have it. I think, and I might be confusing two different ones, but someone had, I think she wrote something in college uh, about how uh, if you're a judge, you just need to pretend like you're not biased, but you should be coming into it with a moral agenda. And uh, you should be in like in, she was at Harvard at the time. So it's not like, you know, just some idiot making some some dumb joke. She was actually laying out her philosophy. Uh, I might be mixing up my videos, but I definitely saw a video along those lines. Uh, but the one thing I was just appreciating is that, like, it's OK to be wrong at your job and it's OK to fuck up. Only in government can you do those things and get promoted. So if you have one of like the biggest court cases or rulings and you're going to be the person ruling on it and you get it wrong, how do you get promoted? You, you work in government. Uh, that's that that's the way you do it. Uh, another just random news story is uh, I've uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but I actually I, I speak Italian. Uh, I've never brought that up on the podcast before. Um, and uh, I was watching a video. Apparently, it's come out in France that. There were uh, over, since the 1950s, there's been 300,000 cases of um, priests that have, uh, you know, like molested kids. Uh, and so I was able to catch the Pope uh, who, you know, he, he speaks in Italian. So I'll just translate it for you because he was commenting on it. And he was sitting there and he was just going, why do they keep touching the kids? I don't get it. They keep touching the kids. Just don't touch the kids. They come into church. They try and pray. Why do they keep touching the kids? All right, that was a really stupid joke, which is a good opportunity <laughs> to plug your Kratom and your Delta, uh, the drugs you need to laugh at terrible jokes. So, yodelta.com, uh, and this is uh, obviously if you're over the age of 21 and uh, you're cool enough to handle your drugs. If you're not over the age of 21 and you're not cool enough for drugs, you know, you shouldn't listen to this. But if you are over the age of 21 and you're cool enough that you can handle your drugs, then why don't I tell you about Yodelta first? What is Yodelta? Well, if you're a fan of THC, you can just go to yodelta.com. And uh, if you live in certain states, they can send you Delta 8. It's going to get you high. They got the gummies. They got the vape pens. And uh, ship it right to you. I had some fans. They sent me pictures that they bought the big bag of gummies and that they were fans of the gummies. Uh, so you got the audience endorsement on the Yo Delta. And then I've become a, a fan of the Kratoms myself. Not taking it on a daily basis, but a good train wreck pill. When you stack up all the work you got no interest in doing, oh man, you can smile your way right through that like it was the good old Adderall and you had a final. Because uh, those medications don't really work for me anymore. All right, uh, here's some random things that I saw on the news that were creeping me out. First is uh, Merrick Garland. I have not read through all the details yet. Uh, maybe it's just the conservative channels going nuts that this guy has created a way uh, to declare that parents complaining about the critical race theory or other bullshit being taught in their schools, being shoved down their kids' throats, uh, if they are, uh, I, I guess, uh, talking out against the school boards, they can be seen as terrorists. 
Now, the whole terrorist type, we got to get rid of this. I mean, even what we did to actual terrorists wasn't cool. Like, even that was, uh, you know, a perversion of justice. Uh, and, I mean, even that whole racket, like, the, the idea that we don't torture people. We just send them to black sites now and go, yeah, yeah, we didn't torch them. The, the Lebanese, they did it for us, but we didn't do it. They're, the, the government's pretty great at creating rules and then figuring out their ways around it. Uh, but anyways, what really creeps me out about this Merrick Garland guy is that, obviously, uh, the worst parts of the left have a very extreme agenda, uh, which certainly includes tech censorship. It certainly includes the teaching of certain ideas, uh, such as things like critical race theory or equality or socialist values that we wouldn't agree with. And then it also comes with the policing of people with opposite viewpoints and potentially portraying that their ideas will lead to violence or even making the logical leap that because they could lead to violence, the actual ideas themselves are violent. Uh, and all of those things, I'm going full Alex Jones here, I would per, I would claim to be radical ideology. Why not? Let's just go with those buzz terms. They seem to fit here, and I've probably heard them, and so I'm pulling them out of my brain on the spot. No, there, there clearly is uh, socialist ideas that allow people who are able to get in power of the centralization. Like, the more centralized it is, right, the less uh, the less people you need to agree with you in order to suck some wealth out of the system or impose your ideas on others. Uh, and there have been some uh, wild infringements on our freedoms. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I am pulling out some good words here, so let's just get back on topic with Merrick Garland. Here's what creeps me out about Merrick Garland. The guy was Obama's pick to be on the Supreme Court. And has there ever been a more obvious display of a person who is, like, representative of extreme liberal agenda? I mean, now the guy's in at the AG. And so, yes, I can understand that the AG works for the president. And so, like, you know, even you might look at Bill Barr and say maybe he did a little bit too much to defend Trump. Wasn't It's not really 100% independent of the president. He's going to kind of, in some forms or fashion, push the president's agenda. Uh, one of the instances here that would be transparent is that, like, if Bill Barr was still around, that maybe when Rand Paul busted Fauci in these lies, it would actually be some justice and the suit would be brought, right? But in this case, not only, like, forget the fact that Merrick Garland's not looking into that. Merrick Garland, and uh, this is the first thing that came to, the, the first example that's coming to mind, but I've seen other ones recently, does seem to be pushing uh, what I would call the deep state socialist agenda in an aggressive way. And just, I think we all understand that the Supreme Court's not really partisan and Amy Coleman Barrett, she just got in trouble because she was talking at something for Mitch McConnell trying to go, we just might have different judicial philosophies. Yeah, but the political structure gets you in, whatever. Anyways, the entire thing with Merrick Garland, the fact that that guy almost ended up on the Supreme Court and you could see is clearly just in this Janet Yellen, like super left liberal camp uh, and is just one of like the, you know, pieces on the chessboard for these people kind of creep me out. And on that note, let's talk about Janet Yellen and that creepy bitch. Lady might look like Mother Goose, but God damn, I don't like using that word. I apologize to you, good Lord. I'm just yelling in a car. Uh, and anyways, uh, first is, uh, talk about full-scale global socialism. You know, this lady keeps talking about how close she is to getting the uh, the universal uh, tax code. Uh, basically, you're going to bully every other country into uh, basically one universal tax rate. 
because otherwise, you know, countries might have to actually compete to have companies that want to be based there because otherwise there's a tax incentive. And no, we need a monopoly on taxes because I don't want to be undercut by my competing countries. Uh, and so, yes, this one might be to actually get corporations to pay. Well, I don't know. You want to call fair share? How libertarian autistic do you want to go here? Uh, but it, sure, let's just pretend that uh, that taxes in some way we all uh, if there's a structure where everyone's got to contribute, then why should the richest ones just be able to not pay any of it? Because they they're uh, more sophisticated players. If I got to give up my percentage, I want Bezos to have to give up his percentage. And he, you know, be, but and I don't know. The I, I'm, I'm trying to like pay devil's advocate. I can't even flush out that thought. So. That is a creepy one where it gets step closer to that one world government type thing where it's like, hey, we all need to be on the same page here because otherwise there's a little element of freedom where these people, uh, you know, can compete and then we, we can't control them. It's uh, so it's like it's government taking back a little bit of control. The other thing Janie Yellen's been doing, which is just incredibly partisan, is uh, this talk of like. The Democrats are actually concerned with funding the government, uh, which obviously they should be. And by the way, even like their little trick of trying to pretend that you're like the Republicans over to the degree that the Republicans overspend and are completely reckless. And yes, I absolutely hate the majority of Republicans, with the exception of maybe Rand Paul, who do not care about debt limits, don't even pretend to care about spending. We are in a new reality now. Politicians, they got to give you free stuff. That is the racket. And so as the Democrats can kind of move the needle on that everything's affordable, to some extent, the Republicans, like, we just kind of, like, what is a Republican now anyways? I don't know. It's a, it's a fucking socialist Democrat from 20 years ago. No one cares about being in a fiscally conservative country. And until the thing collapses, but anyways, the Democrats are always pushing for, like, we can spend the most. So, yes, there's a shared responsibility between uh, the two parties, but the philosophy of spending and the moving in a more, well, actually, you know what? I might be full of shit here because Bush with the wars really kickstarted that. Obama ramped it up. Trump ramped it up even more than that. So I don't know that you can fault the Democrats any more than the Republicans. Uh, historically, I think some of the deficit spending on the Republican side did come uh, more from their love of war than it did for, uh, you know, giving out social services. Uh, but to pretend like uh, paying for, you know, our ability to kill people abroad uh, is a less flagrant sp expense than pretending like we care about poor people here is not a true narrative. Uh, so I, I, once again, I don't, I don't remember what the hell I was talking about. Um, other than that, yes, they're talking about Janie Ellen's is saying, yes, we've got these vehicles by which we can fund the government and we can avoid this disaster. But we want under, we want everyone to know that the old spending is a shared responsibility and still between the two parties, the Republicans do pretend like, hey, we can't just spend all of the money all the time. Of the two, they're both spending too much money, but at least the at least the Republicans are kind of like trying to pretend like, hey, let's have a budget. And like if they could get the budget, then they might actually push to for a better budget like they might. And then if they could get that, they might even push for like austerity type measures like they might do it, whereas the Democrats are just full scale. Hey, we're spending all the time. It's like, you know, it's like the Republicans want to live in nice houses they can't afford and take vacations they can't afford. And the Democrats, are the ones that want to live in the nice houses they can't afford, uh, take the vacations they can't afford and still want to go on a spending spree tomorrow, even though they owe the bill on the house uh, to buy themselves Louis Vuitton. So it's like of the two, the Republicans are slightly better. 
And, uh, you know, if they took the steps in the right direction, they might take, like, more of the steps in the right direction. And so the Democrats are definitely the worst of the two. But amidst what's going on with uh, with the spending, and uh, I tried a version of this joke in Texas, and it just, it bombed, it bombed so bad. Uh, but anyways, Biden took the meeting with Mother Goose. He's sitting there, and he's trying to say that the 3.5, I mean, the uh, the the increase in the debt limit is just to fund the old spending and it has nothing to do with the 3.5 trillion dollar new plan uh that I'm trying to do to increase our spending and to me that is disingenuous because the question here is can we afford more debt is the system working it's almost like if you showed up to the town well and you're like hey uh, I'm uh and let's just say for 3 days in a row you didn't come to the town well. And now it's the it's it's Wednesday. Let let's keep it simple. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, you 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 didn't need any water. Uh you drank a lot on Saturday. Water, you got super hydrated. You thought you were going to mar- run a marathon on Sunday, and then you decided, you know what? I'm just going to stay home and piss out all this water. But then Monday, Tuesday came around, you're like, I drank all that water on Saturday. I still got water jugs in the house. I'm all good. Wednesday comes around, you're thirsty as fuck, and you show up to the well. And uh, you're like, hey, listen, I, I need some water. And they're like, yeah, well, the well's out of water. And they're like, yeah, but I'm, I'm trying to get Mondays and Tuesdays water. It's like, it doesn't matter. There's no fucking water in the well. Yeah, yeah, but I'm looking for Monday, too. You're telling me that people can't get their Wednesday, Thursday water. I'm trying to get the, uh, the Sunday. It doesn't matter. The well's fucking empty. It's the same thing with money. The debt limit, the idea is how much money can we get away with spending? How much can we pretend like there's even demand for dollars? How much money can the Fed print? Where can we keep interest rates at? It's all the same fucking picture. How much money can we spend? And if you get to a point where if on the old spending, you don't even have the funds to somehow get by on that, you sit down, you're like, hey, we're going to have a budget. And then you realize, oh shit, on the old spending, we're over the budget. I don't even know how to finance the old spending. How do you pretend like that doesn't affect you wanting to pass a law for even more spending? And then obviously, if someone trying to be like, hey, I think we should have a little bit more of a budget here. So then the first thing you would say is, listen, if you can at least help us all pay this old bill because we can't default on it, then I promise not to spend more. I mean, that was one of those moments where I was watching Biden and like sometimes he's so stupid, it actually takes a second to like figure out like how he isn't making sense. Like, you know, it doesn't make sense, but like it almost it's hard to peg exactly how it doesn't make sense. And it's like, so raising the debt limit has nothing to do with new spending. It's like, well, are we out of money or not? Like, is the well empty or do we like if we got plenty of funds, then sure, I guess raise the limit, go spend more money. Or is this the first sign of the fact that we've already spent too much? We haven't seen the returns on that where it's like the idea is always like, well, the spending is going to get us in. It's going to lead to growth or it's going to put us in a better position. People are going to be happier. Like everyone seems to be so fucking annoyed about everything. We're locked in our homes because of this. uh, I mean, not anymore, but like still there's just all this craziness with uh, with Corona. Like has all the spending that we're now past the debt limit gotten us to this incredible utopian place where it makes sense to spend more? Or would this be a good sign of the fact that maybe we should review what the hell we're doing? All right, and then we got uh, two more random topics, and then we're going to call an episode. And then next week, uh, I, I'm hoping over the weekend to have Steven back on. So we'll do part three and last in the series on uh, the COVID uh, vaccines and the entire situation. Uh, hopefully getting get some new numbers on breakthrough cases, 
the Delta variant dying down, maybe the new Merck drug, uh, and whether or not we can expect uh, to see negative health side effects from all of our friends who, uh, which hopefully, dude, hopefully the vaccines just work, or hopefully, uh, you know, science gets so good that they can fix people's dicks falling off. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but you know what? Steven's a lot smarter than me, and uh, hopefully next week we're going to do an episode, and he'll give us the rundown. Uh, and before I get into the next topic, it's a good time to plug sheath underwear, because if you're going to cram yourself into your car and yell into a microphone in a parking lot where random people are going to pull right up to you next to you while you're in a good flow and then derail your whole episode, you at least want your dick separated from your balls. You don't want to be sitting in your car just with crushed nuts trying to podcast, screaming at the top of your lungs, not because you have a passion about what you're talking about, but because you're like a, a, a bull at those bull riding competitions that's got its nuts squeezed because because they started uh, uh, they started uh, hanging a little bit lower and uh, you, you got a small car and so they're being crushed between your legs. That's not what you want. What you want is you want a dual pouch system that's got a little, little bit of support for your nuts that you can put it into its pouch so that it's supported. It doesn't start hanging between your legs. You don't get your nuts stuck up against the walls. There isn't that sweat that that, that, that that turns into glue over time. And then you got a little hole where you can put where you can put your penis. You put it in there, and then it's uh, it's protected from the elements. It uh, you know, it, it corrects for uh, some of that curve that you got from jerking off your entire life a little too aggressively with just your right hand. But then you tried switching to your left hand and ended up with more of an S shape. Uh, point being, sheath underwear. You use promo code RYM, you're going to get 20% off. Greatest underwear. How many of you out there haven't even tried sheath yet? You're crazy if you haven't. And, uh, you know, Christmas is coming up, so treat yourself or, you know what you do? Use it as use it as, as uh, stockings and see how much stuff you can, you can uh, you know, squeeze into the, the front of the sheath pouch and then uh, give it to the kids in your life. Uh, that's what Fauci, I mean, that's what uh, Robert from Sheath stands for. Uh, okay, moving forward, here was another fun Fauci line that I saw. Uh, he didn't want to weigh in on uh, on whether or not they were going to have to do COVID passports uh, for flying um, because, uh, you know, he didn't want things. Because now the guy who's paid to give his opinion on things and only makes decisions around the science ha- has realized that he can't evaluate the science and tell us what may or may not make for a risk factor because uh, people will realize he's full of shit. Uh, that and uh, the hell, the, the airlines are probably protected industry, so it's not like he's going to make a line against them. And, oh, along the lines of uh, me saying everything is now a lie to us, uh, the uh, Southwestern Airlines story seems to be pretty interesting, which this is really important. I, I think everyone, th- this is going to be the lesson, the takeaway from 2021 is that you got to figure out how to be living a life where you can tell people to go fuck themselves, which is either that you get to a point where you've got fuck you money or you got fuck you looks that you can just walk right out of your relationship. You start going to the gym every single day. You got rock solid abs. And maybe you steal someone else's hair and you tape it to your head. And then, you know, I'm sexy as hell. You're not going to respect me in this household. I'll walk out of here and there'll be all sorts of women just lining up the streets for this dick. So I don't need to stay in this relationship. Or if you can't have money or you can't have looks, at least have fuck you skill set. Like, whatever you do at your job, make sure not to train other people how to do it. Make sure nobody knows how to do what you can do so that if they tell you you got to be fired, they are fucked. That's what you got to do. You got to somehow, like, and start investing tomorrow. Like, if right now 
there's absolutely nothing in your life that you would feel like you would have the leverage to go people go tell other people to go fuck themselves, then you're fucking up. And you then that that's the lesson of 2021 is that starting tomorrow, I'm going to have I'm going to figure out what I have that's so special that I can start telling people to go fuck themselves. That's the takeaway. And you know who has that is pilots. Pilots got some leverage because it takes a lot of years not just to learn how to be a pilot, but I think to have enough flight time to be able to to fly commercial jets. Uh, so if your airline says, hey, listen, we know that you guys have been stuffed on these planes in airports uh, for the entire duration of this, and you've probably already been exposed to this thing, and you're probably smart enough people that you can make decisions for yourself on whether or not you want to fly, uh, but then the airline says, nope, you're going to have to go get this, uh, otherwise you're going to lose your job. And then here was what was so interesting. I only read a little bit of it, but the statement from the union was that, I guess, if there were negative health repercussions because of the vaccine, pilots might lose their pilot's license, I guess, if they can't uh, pass certain, like, physicals or something along those lines. And so they were more, but it was interesting to me that someone was even uh, mentioning the word potential side effects from the vaccines. I even thought that that was interesting. Uh, but the other takeaway here is kind of like uh, how the news is rooting for some guy named Brandon, uh, is that they are just reporting it's a, it's a weather incident that, you know, there was a uh, there was a bad weather formation in Florida uh, because of Governor DeSantis and, you know, him not going full scale socialist and getting on board with the agenda of uh, vaccine mandates. Uh, no, they're, they're, they're trying to pretend it would seem that the union has gone on strike. I don't know this for sure. Like I said, I'm, I'm yelling more arrogantly because I did less homework this week. I've been working hard on my end-of-year project, so I'm not as in the know. Usually, I've read all the documents. I know everything. I've underlined it. I've come in, and I've done... I, I'm that nerd in school who did the work that no one else was willing to do so that he could tell the 10 people that listened to this about the actual COVID vaccine numbers, but not this week. This week, I'm just yelling really arrogantly because I haven't done the work, and I'm just working off random headlines that I came across when I was uh, tweeting and stuff. Anyways, it seems like uh, they don't want to report on this because, one, they don't want people to know that they have the leverage to go say fuck you. Also, much like the polling that took place in this country, firstly, they were trying to say that 80 million people hadn't been vaccinated and that that, that was an irrelevant number. And I already pointed this out that that was Biden's winning coalition. But now I'm starting to think that maybe they even lied and that not even like there's even more people that haven't been vaccinated because a big thing in sales is going, hey, listen, you're the only person that's ever had this issue. I had that at the hotel. I stayed at the other day where the Wi-Fi wasn't working and the guy's like, well, it's working for every other room. And I was like, well, there's three laptops in my room. Not one of them is working. And he goes, well, it's working for every other computer. I go get my computer. I bring it. I was like, sure, no problem. Maybe you can just show me how to log in. And the guy's like, well, because we're over here, not where the room is. And I'm like, yeah, but the Wi-Fi signal is here, so I should be able to log in. He goes, well, no, no, we'd have to be by the room. And I was like, well, can you explain that to me? And he goes, no, you got to be by the room. I was like, sure, well, it's 10 steps. Why don't we go there together? And then he, uh, you know, he just basically said, no, I can't leave my post. And then I gave up. I gave up. I was like, how, how much am I going to yell at uh, some random hotel owner in Texas? I will just not have Internet and uh, figure out how to jerk off to my own thoughts. There was a time when none of us had internet. I'm not going to be the, I'm not going to Karen this guy. I'm not going to give him that hard of a time. I get it. The guy wants to pretend like he's got Wi-Fi. Well, he doesn't, it doesn't, like how much money do you even send, save by pretending like your hotel has Wi-Fi when it doesn't have Wi-Fi? Do you really want to have that conversation with every single person coming to the front desk and yelling at you that they can't jerk off because there's no Wi-Fi? 
Do you really want to be dealing with 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 dudes with boners at two in the morning? Is that the way you want to run your business? Or I don't know what time other men get boners. Maybe they're all striking out all all the all the day. All right. I was trying to talk about the airlines. We got distracted once again. Uh, and it would seem like they, they don't want to report on the fact that people have leverage to say no or that intelligent individuals aren't interested in the vaccine or the fact that reasonable people might have concerns with taking it. And so uh, they're just pretending like all of a sudden, I haven't heard of any hurricanes this week. I mean, they love telling me about how global warming is causing fires and weather patterns. So, I mean, if there's some obscure weather pattern that suddenly thousands of flights had to be canceled, there would be a ton, ton of global warming reports about this. They'd be like, look at what global warming's doing. You might not, you might always, when you travel, just get stuck in the airport. There, You know, the solar flares are about to hit Manhattan tomorrow. They wouldn't be coming here. They wouldn't be attracted to the earth if it wasn't as hot as it was. All right, that's enough on that. And then here was another uh, um, weird one, the Facebook whistleblower. Uh, I mean, either that was a Democratic plant or Facebook just pulled the most intelligent 180 anyone ever had, and they just went, you know what, you're right. Apparently, we cannot handle the awesome power that we have as Facebook, and so we need the government to regulate us because if the government were to regulate us, we know that they could give us better guidance and solve the issues of why kids are miserable. We know, uh, just look at schools. Well, we know that government is is perfect at knowing why. I mean, look at the way they handle the corona situation. If anyone's good at recognizing human misery and then correcting for human misery, it's government. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give over. We want government to regulate us, but not just us. We need government to regulate all the Internet. And since we're going to be the largest and most compliant, I think the first step of government is that they should probably censor every other platform. Really, no other platform should exist other than ours because we're the only ones that can actually have the resources to comply with the government, to self-fund the experts who can come on here and tell us that they didn't actually buy uh, the lab research for how to leak uh, you know, viruses across the country that would make Fauci a bunch of money and make sure they continue sucking on baby blood and looking young for the rest of his life. We're going to hire those censors. Uh, the point being, nothing would be better for Facebook or these tech giants uh, than if governments... De- like, they're almost realizing, wow, we had an idea for uh, cool products where, you know, we can, make a pro- we can make a profit and maybe have some openness. And then the government stepped in and they said, hey, listen, you can't have these cool products and you can't just operate independent of us. And then they're like, all right, well, if we're going to have to join teams, let's just get it over. Like, I don't want to have to come in here and have you guys make me look bad. So how about I just can make the I'll I'll make the money that you'll allow me to make. You guys can then promote how safe and great we are and you can turn the whole propaganda machine the other way and I'll cut you in. That's what it is. You know, government they just they want to be cut in on it. All right, last thing I'm going to comment on is uh I guess someone from Netflix complained about uh Chappelle's special. I've not watched uh Chappelle's special yet. I actually, I don't really watch, uh, I'm not a good enough student of stand-up comedy, to be honest. I meet a lot of people that have watched and seen a lot more stand-up than I do. I don't, I like watching comedy live when I can. Uh, I try not to, I don't listen to as many specials because I try not to absorb other people's stuff. But anyways, Chappelle, obviously one of the best to ever do it. Uh, he's put out a number of great specials and he put out his most recent one on Netflix. I have not watched it yet. Uh, but apparently, I guess he was making a fair amount of a uh, of transgender jokes, 
and some lady was uh, put on, I don't think she was fired, I think put on some sort of leave for criticizing Chappelle's special, and then the network responded by saying that we obviously don't think that this uh, promotes violence, we actually think that, you know, comedy is really important for Netflix, and so we can't just have random employees uh, saying that, you know, things that we vetted and want on our network as, as being, like, jokes are not violent. V- jokes are not violence. They don't promote violence. We obviously wouldn't put it here if we had that philosophy. And so if you have a different philosophy than that, like, you can't, you're not going to publicly criticize us, the company that are paying you, uh, when one of our biggest stars is bringing some of the most value. Now, here's the problem I have with this, is that, it should always be that these companies go, jokes and comedians are not looking to promote violence and there's no evidence of the fact that anyone's ever said a joke and that it led to... If, even if someone said a joke and that joke led to violence, I would still are okay, that's a one-off. That's crazy. And even if it was happening more than that, I might go, all right, maybe we got to think about this, but like we're going to regulate this? But we're not even close to there. There is... Tell me of a single incident where a comedian told a joke and then that later led to like this is the most out there claim that it it, 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 it's like me checking my doors is actually keeping the universe on its axis like what proof do you have of the fact that somebody made a joke and that that led to violence within our society and yet that is just stated like it's been you know they almost treat it like it's been proved like corona is going to kill you I mean, that's how much of a fact this ideas will become violence is. It's like, uh, it's as real as corona. It's as real as global warming. And we got to put as many resources behind this as possible. This is the point I'm trying to make is I almost find, you look at the jokes Family Guy gets away with. You look at the jokes that South Park has gotten away with. And then you realize that the the fact that, you know, uh, other comics get taken down, it's, it's just bullying. It, it, that's all it is. It's that you, you don't like that people find something funny that you don't find funny, and so you're going to bully them because they have different tastes than you. It, it's exactly what you hate in the world. It's like you didn't like if other people bullied you for being, uh, let's say, queer, transgender, whatever it is, that you had some sort of an alternative thing, and you said, hey, I want the freedom to be my alternative thing. And yet if it comes to people that have a darker sensibility for jokes or they have something different that brings them joy, that brings them laughter, and you don't understand why that's funny or you don't like it, you're actually going to try and bully it out of existence and go, hey, well, this thing, And but here's where it's bullying, is that when it comes to the powerful individuals, well, they're, they're protected. They bring enough money and resources that the companies will go, oh, like, but if you pick on the weak, the companies, they don't defend them. They go, yeah, yeah, that's horrible. Like, how many people have been fired? The fucking, uh, that lady, the the crappy actress who got heavy, who was in uh, Mandalorian, well, she got in trouble for some dumb, like, I, I'm sure Chappelle said worse. I haven't seen the special. I'm sure all of it's hilarious. I'm sure none of it was, is uh, intended to be. I haven't, I haven't watched it. I have not watched it. I'm just saying it was cool that somebody actually came out and just said, hey, listen. We wanted this on the platform because we like the content. There's an audience for this content. It is not. It is not violent, and you're not going to just like uh, devalue our our company uh, by you know by like who the who the fuck are you to make some some statement that that's totally that's total lunacy has no basis in reality. But 
if that was a uh, comedian doing a, you know, one of their 15-minute things, a brand new person, there's a good chance they'd get canceled. There's a good chance Netflix would take it down. There's a chance Netflix would go, oh, we, we have to review our standards and practices, and we are, and maybe they wouldn't. Maybe Netflix is the one channel that's, uh, that's actually cool, and I just don't have Netflix, so I'm unaware of all the stuff that's out there. Uh, but I, I, I mean, hopefully maybe they made the mistake of criticizing Chappelle and then someone actually stood up to defend it, uh, at, at a company. And so maybe that will become more of the norm of like, yeah, look at this. This is absurd. Uh, they're actually getting in the way of, uh, of an art form. Uh, so who knows? Maybe that's good. And maybe these idiots will make the mistake of coming after the powerful people who are right more often and they'll lose more of their credibility as, uh, you know, they don't put they don't put up victories on the board and they don't get people canceled. So maybe this isn't a step in the right direction. I just want to say that it does kind of showcase to me like the fact that they like I watch Family Guy sometimes and I think it's funny. I can't believe the cripple jokes they're making. Like, they make jokes about the, the dude who's in a wheel, and I'm like, it, it, it's crazy to me that I, like, I live in this world where you hear about cancel culture. Even I sometimes are writing a darker joke, and I'm like, eh, that might be too much. And then you turn on Family Guy, and I'm like, that's funny because it's horrible. And if I were to write something along those lines, I would I would have that fear in my head, which I mostly have uh, managed to kind of get away from. And I just, I, I mean, you guys see what I tweet and say. So I just fucking say it and go for it for the most part. And I, I also feel like I've... Uh, I've dug my grave for uh, standard, whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, yeah, I got into this to to have fun and be funny. I'm just gonna keep doing that. Like, run your mouth. That's what that's what the fuck I'm doing. Uh, the point being, and I feel like I've already made it, is that to me, the picking on weaker people for having a different sensibility of what's humorous than you do. That, to me, is just bullying. All right, that is it. We're going to call this an episode. Uh, Steven, next week, uh, hopefully you're going to be about done run, uh, writing out the uh, um, the end of your special uh, and going to try and get some more dates on the board. I uh, really want to hopefully get that on tape. And, you know, I, I really am. I, I, I've taken all of the corona stuff from the entire year. I uh, tried to hone it down to uh, the biggest bullet points, doing my best to try and make that funny. Um, because, you know, I don't know, at the end of the day, I, that's probably just for me. You guys are, you guys would probably just be as happy if I got up and just gave a fucking presentation. So maybe, maybe, maybe the fact that I took the, take all the real information and just try and turn it into a dick joke is, uh, is for myself, but you know, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, like I said, Chicago, Albany, Albany fans basement built out a bar. I uh, love those Chicago at an actual venue, the Lincoln Lodge. They were super cool. I can't tell you how hard it is to get venues just to fucking respond to me. They responded to me right away. You got to wear a mask coming in. Once you're in a seat, you don't have to wear a mask. They're not checking uh, like, you know, COVIDs and, you know, any of that stuff. They were really cool. I actually called them up to just say, hey, I wanted to check in because and, and the, the guy the guy was very nice and, and very professional. He was like, we're following all the laws. And the laws are you like you gotta you gotta you gotta wear a mask coming in. Once you're in a seat, you don't. People that are concerned about this, they're able to produce their own things at the venue and check for for passports, and we respect that. When you're renting the theater, it's you and your audience. Uh, and so, I, I I could not have been happier uh, with them so far. If you're in the Chicago area, don't know when I'm going to be doing that again. Uh, what else do I have on the books? Maryland, we're back in Max's backyard. That's going to be in conjunction 
uh, with some of the Libertarian Party people over there. Limited seats because we're going to be indoors because it's cold. I'm going to say max capacity is probably going to be about 40 people. That's going to be private bar show. Always fun when we're there. Uh, Philly going to be at a, at a venue. Um, hit me up. I'm, I'm hoping to see all my Mises family and uh, Tom and his crew. Uh, and then New Hampshire, first show Saturday night is already completely sold out. Friday night, I think they just got a link up because we added the second show. Uh, and more coming soon. Thank you for hanging out with me. And, uh, you know, yo Delta, yo Kratom, sheath underwear. Have a great something.